People Show on the airwaves here. What's going on? Welcome to the show. Busy one, as always, on a Thursday, on a Canucks game day. Preseason continues. Welcome to the People Show. I'm Bick Nazar, coming to you live from the Kintech studio. Kintech Footwear and Orthotics, Canada's favorite orthotics provider, supported by over 2,500 five-star Google reviews. Find your perfect fit at Kintech.net. Bick, Elon, Costa running the show today, plus you, 650-650, into the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox. Dunbar Lumber, three stores to serve you in Ladner on Bridge Street, Dunbar Lumber Express at Ladner Center or Arbutus in Vancouver online at DunbarLumber.com. Uh, busy show, as I mentioned. Uh, we got Nathan Cantor joining us, your voice of the Vancouver Giants, in about 15 minutes. Andy McNeil from Canada Sports Betting uh, will join us in a half hour. If you got questions for NHL futures, division futures, President's Trophy, if you just want to make a long shot pick this season, uh, there's a team you're wondering about. We'll go to Andy McNeil uh, in about a half hour. Plus, later on today as well, we rarely do this on a Thursday, but it's a, a Thursday edition of Big Six, meaning one pick will get revealed tonight. We'll do uh, five others uh, heading into the weekend tomorrow. But yeah, there is a side on the Thursday night football game tonight. Uh, I do want to touch on the big news, though, across the NHL kicking things off. And this, the, the, this throws a loophole into the season. Andre Vasilevsky, breaking news earlier today uh, per Kevin Weeks, and the Lightning uh, announced it shortly thereafter. Boy, oh boy. Andre Vasilevsky uh, out eight to ten weeks uh, with surgery. Now, this is actually big news for Vancouver as well because, hey, in the timeline there, they're going to be playing the Tampa Bay Lightning. If it extends all the way to ten weeks, you could be seeing it early December. Is there a, a shot, uh, maybe if it extends beyond that, that the Canucks are going to be playing uh, Tampa Bay on December 12th? Is Vasilevsky ready to return uh, by December 12th? That's the second game, though. We know that there's going to be a spot here. Four games in, they're going to be playing Tampa Bay, and we've talked about, hey, the start. Well, just the degree of difficulty got a little bit easier because uh, the marquee goal the NHL uh, out for the Tampa Bay Lightning and suddenly we know in that very very difficult Eastern Conference you can make cases for about 11 12 teams in the East to make the playoffs reasonable cases Tampa Bay Lightning uh, major blow uh, to start the season and if there's any market prepared to tell another market of, hey, the start of the season is important. It's Vancouver shouting over to Tampa Bay. They're they're very qualified, and, and I'd still pick them to do well, but things just got a lot tougher in the Atlantic. Uh, again, we'll preview a lot of this stuff with Andy McNeil, what it means uh, moving forward and, and some division futures, and is this team good to make the playoffs or not? Uh, that's all coming up, but suddenly uh, in flux for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, who, who got dealt a blow today, Glenn and Richmond. Spencer Martin, the new Lightning goalie. Well, Spencer Martin put on waivers today as well. Certainly could end up in that way uh, as well, uh, but something to keep an eye on. Here's the thing, though. like you know, We always talk about benefit of doubt. The Canucks 
hey, they have a bad start. They don't have the benefit of doubt to recover. Isn't it a little bit odd that you know Tampa Bay starting goalie out for me the best goalie in the in the NHL, and it doesn't feel like panic rose a lot because you know what the Tampa Bay Lightning have the benefit of doubt. A lot of people say, hey, they still got Victor Hedman, Kucherov, Stamkos, Point, on and on and on. They they seem to figure out ways to win no matter what the circumstances are for the Tampa Bay Lightning. And if there's ever a franchise equipped to overcome. It might be this one. Do they play a different style? I didn't even mention, by the way, a Chernax or Gotchev, Sorelli, Nick Paul. They've got a slew of options to potentially overcome, but suddenly the burden uh, in goal uh, quite a bit for Jonas Johansson or, as Glenn and Richmond texts in, Spencer Martin. Uh, what will it look like for them to solve those problems? Uh, 650, 650, uh, keep coming with your thought, uh, this one, uh, it doesn't affect the Canucks at all from Garrett. Tampa Bay uses their backup against us always, but hey, look, there's a toll to it, right? Different that it's four games into the season, but we saw, hey, Thatcher Demko goes down, Spencer Martin steps in, Spencer Martin started okay, but the physical mental toll of it all, being thrust from backup to starter, takes a toll. So even if they're going to their backup, if they rotate goalies, are you playing a third stringer? So you can't say it doesn't affect it all. It absolutely does. Uh, a little bit more physical endurance required for backup goalies. Uh, what does that mean? Again, game four into the season might not play a factor then. Come later on in the season, December 12th here in Vancouver, does it play a factor then? But something uh, to just monitor to begin the season and uh, that plays a role as well uh, in the Eastern Conference. Uh, 650-650, uh, Chris and Duncan, forget Vasilevsky. We have to be more worried about Tyler Mott games into the season. Uh, something to consider uh, as well. All right. A lot to get into. Again, Nathan Cantor will join us in about 10 minutes. Uh, do want to touch on a couple of things uh, happening around the NFL. Uh, some Some trades that might materialize. Alrighty, today, Justin Jefferson of the Minnesota Vikings. He's tired of the trade talk across the league. The 0-3 Vikings. I'm low-key kind of interested in these 0-3 games this weekend. Broncos and Bears. I'm not previewing Big Six tomorrow, but hey, does it make it in there? Panthers and Vikings. Does it make it into Big Six tomorrow as well? Yeah, and Bic, on the uh, on the Jefferson stuff, what if they go 0-4, 0-5? You're yeah. going to have to trade somebody, right? You would expect at some point, because seasons you know, can can get away from you really fast. It's not even just that they can go 0-4. Guess who's on the horizon? Kansas City for Minnesota next week. So you lose this week, 0-5 staring you in the face real fast. Kansas City in Minnesota next week. Mahomes in town. Uh, that can chalk up as another quick L all of a sudden. And so this week, huge week for Minnesota all of a sudden. Maybe you you can recover from 0-3. You're not coming back from 0-5, certainly. 1-4, uh, is that a spot? They play Chicago the week after. But Minnesota, like it, it is a tough schedule for them. And, look, they got Kirk Cousins on the horizon. You know, uh, Hunter as well, the defensive end. That's another consideration. He's refuting talk as well. It'd be interesting, though, because we, we're, we're looking at a season where there's so many good quarterbacks, not to mention a Marvin Harrison Jr. If you're if you're Minnesota, like there's a reality. You finish really high in the draft. You get a Caleb Williams. You get a Drake May. 
Shadur Sanders. One of these guys. Pair him with uh, Justin Jefferson. Pair him with uh, Jordan Addison. He could be a real quick rebound uh, for the Minnesota Vikings. But here's the thing. The, the thing that everyone's been talking about is Kirk Cousins. Should he get traded? Should he get traded to New York Jets? Glenn Richmond already texting in. 650-650. He should go to the Jets. I, I've got another consideration. I was talking about it on, on Tuesday. Look, I don't have a lot of faith in this Atlanta Falcons game right now with Desmond Ritter. I wouldn't mind seeing Kirk Cousins there. It's that one. Hey, that team's got a chance to claw back in and win the division. The variance in that one might be a bit more interesting. The Jets, like, you can't do it this week, right? The Jets it could be in a scenario where they are 1-3. Miami could be 4-0. and It's going to be tough to try to track them down. What does it look like in the AFC wildcard picture? It's going to be very tough. Three teams in the AFC North already at two wins. Divisional matchup this weekend. Someone's moving to three. It's going to be tough to, to leapfrog some teams here. Does the moment pass the Jets by? And there's already talk, a lot of talk, of people, hey, they're done with Zach Wilson. Greats. Former Jets greats calling him out as well. Broadway Joe got no time for Zach Wilson. He wants to see it come to a close. Here's Joe Namath talking about it. I wouldn't keep him. You know, I've seen enough of Zach Wilson. All right? I've seen enough. Has quick feet, can throw a little bit, but I don't believe what's going on up there. I mean, you've you got to look and see if you have an eye about football at all. You see things are haywire. It's too crazy. They need to fix it, and that's getting rid of a lot of people and bringing new ones in. I, I just think it, for a fan, for this fan, they need to make major changes from top to bottom. Change. That's not even a little bit of, hey, just change the one guy. Joe's that is going off. That's wholesale. That's a... It's a 650 uh, caller in the postgame show. Hey, you got to make big changes across the board here. Jo- jo- Joe's calling in and texting into the text line, man. Look, I'll agree with Joe on the quarterback situation. I think every sports fan can agree with him on that. As for Robert Sala, I think we have to wait and see, but he's getting a lot of pressure because he kind of has to make a decision. Indecision is also a decision. And supporting a guy who's just played terribly and the defense – can't support him. Now, the one thing I will say, the, the public support, like what else is he supposed to do? He like As it stands right now, he doesn't have options. Okay, His option is bench Zach Wilson and say Trevor Simeon or insert veteran quarterback is a better option for our football team. Now, they should have done that two weeks ago. Actually, they, they should have done it in the offseason, as I was saying yesterday. As soon as you commit to Aaron Rodgers, you know, there's the old quote, like what's the most important position for your team? Quarterback. What's the second most important? Backup quarterback. Because that guy goes down, you're kind of screwed. Now, you can live in the world and say, hey, the, the backup's not going to be able to complete it. He's, he's not going to be able to do the job the starting quarterback is. And that's totally fair. The old Tom Moore quote, Peyton Manning goes down, we're screwed. We don't practice screwed. And I'm cleaning up the language a bit. But in that you know philosophy, you don't usually get this defense to play along with it. What was interesting about Aaron Rodgers coming in, and you know, I, I had my thoughts about it that it wouldn't necessarily work out. A lot of it was built already, and to me, I had my concerns about the offensive line, the offensive coordinator, but the defense is loaded. This isn't a team that's depleted all its resources, found a quarterback, and saying, "Hey, we got a shot. Let's build up the offense." They're still 
in some games because of the defense. They won the Bills game because of the defense. And to be honest, uh, I, I know they're, they're playing the Chiefs game uh, this week, but on Sunday night, like I imagine that defense is going to be fired up on a national primetime game to play a, uh, an AFC rival very close. They, Not that the Patriots have a great offense, but they held them to 15 points. You're in games. So the this lack of indecision is the thing I don't get. That they've played this out now for two weeks. They're going to play it out this week. Uh, roster requirements. I think Trevor Simeon has to stay on the practice squad this week, and maybe you can pull him off next week. But this is probably the last week you're going to see Zach Wilson. They can't let this drag on too much longer. They got the Broncos coming up. They got the Giants coming up. They'll have the Chargers coming up, the Raiders. You can't go in a world and say, hey, like we still believe in you. Because you made a trade to go get a guy, and you sh- probably should have backed it up with a backup quarterback, more veteran one, in case the worst-case scenario happened, because this is not a plan right now. Yeah, I totally agree with you, Bick. And the thing that's concerning is that with competent quarterback play, average quarterback play, I think we can both agree that this is a wildcard team. With competent play, look, I, I was still skeptical. Like, if, if Aaron Rodgers was still healthy, I, I still had him at, like, eight, nine wins. And that AFC uh, is going to be very tough. I know right now, uh, maybe out of the gates, it hasn't uh, fired up. But I, I think – I really think New England, is, New England is better than people give them credit for. They're 1-2 right now. But I think there's a, a surge coming from the Patriots at some point. That defense is playing really well. Uh, the Colts have gotten two wins, but the Jaguars, do you expect them to come out at some point? And the the AFC West was not as daunting as it uh, – was last year. It got all the hype going into last year. The Chargers finally get their first win, but it just looks like every win looks like it's so difficult for the Chargers right now. Uh, and, and they got a divisional matchup this weekend as well. But the Jets are up against it because, again, they are uh, getting ready for the Chiefs. And now legends are calling out uh, the the management and the coaching staff. And, look, this is what happens. You can embrace the pressure in New York, but – there is going to be a lot of pressure on you uh, in New York City, even even when you have an injury to your star quarterback. And your offseason plan got blown up four plays in. Not a lot of sympathy in New York. Uh, and there's a a fan favorite, to say the least, uh, who's, who's spinning a narrative that, that's going to keep the pressure mounting uh, for the New York Jets. Bick Nazar here on The People's Show here on Sportsnet 650. Uh, let's go to uh, our good friend, Nathan Cantor, who joins us, the voice of the Vancouver Giants here on Sportsnet 650. Nathan, how are you? I'm doing great. What about yourself? Uh, always great, always great. Getting uh, ready for another big weekend uh, for your Vancouver Giants. Uh, started really well uh, on uh the 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 home opener uh what what do you want to see carry over into this weekend yeah no it was definitely a good start uh, it's going to be a bit of an easing into the schedule for the mm-hmm. Giants so they only played once in the opening weekend but uh I definitely I think from, from the home opener there were a lot of positives but one thing I want to see uh and I'm sure the coaching staff as well wants to see change uh in the upcoming two games this weekend starting tomorrow is the start uh it was a bit of a bit of a rocky start but you know what that is to be expected. Uh, First game of the season, it's a young team, and Victoria as well, who they uh, beat 4-1 in last weekend's uh, home opener. They were also a little bit, you know, some nerves off the hop, and it wasn't the great first period. It was a 0-0 first period. 
uh, a lot of special teams as well last weekend. But I think the start will be key. And, and the other thing was after that start, I think the Giants did look pretty good. And one of the things the coaches are, are harping on is obviously early in the season is, is the D zone, right? Getting your systems implemented, getting the young team familiar with what to do in your own zone and backtracking. And one thing head coach Manny Viveros talks about a lot is playing as a five-man unit, both with the puck, but away from the puck as well. And making sure you, you come back and back. Uh, track uh, as very well when you're coming back as well. So I think it's the D zone is definitely being emphasized. Uh, but you know what? They had a really good game other than that start last weekend after the last 40 minutes were really good for Vancouver. For people that have been watching uh, the, for the past couple of years and, and, and Mike Dick style coaching and, and Mike Dick style um Vancouver Giants hockey. It's one game, Nathan, I get it. But But what does the new regime of Vancouver Giants hockey look like through one game? Yeah, so it's, um, you know, M- Michael Dick obviously was kind of a forward checking, mm-hmm. uh, I would say, em- emphasizing that. Whereas I, I would say uh, Manny Vivros is more of a puck possession. Uh, so both of them do, obviously, you want to play fast, right? You, playing fast is super important nowadays. You want to play up tempo. But um, I think with, with Manny here, we're seeing is, and also, it's not all coaching, right? It's, it's also these young skilled forwards for the Giants. And there are many of them, whether it's Adam Tittleback, who was uh, just drafted in the CHL import draft, joining a team from Czechia, whether it's Cameron Schmidt, who the 16-year-old rookie who got in a few games last season, uh, Aaron Obabifel, right? It's these young players. uh, They are being encouraged to to do things offensively. Uh, And and I think we're we're seeing, you know, under Manny, he does does still uh, want to, you know, forecheck and pressure, obviously. Uh, but I think there's a little bit more room for if you make a mistake, you know, you you can make up for that. And I think there's a little more rope with that. But it's it's just the offensive, uh, whether it's the, I think it's a mixture, the coaching, but plus the personnel. You have to have the personnel. And the team here is just, you can see, and I know it's been one game, but I've seen it in training camp. We saw it in the preseason. It's just hard not to get excited with the offensive talent and they're just aging in. They're mm-hmm. just getting started, and it's going to be a fun, not just this year, but moving ahead to the next few years. Uh, big news as well. A couple of returnees as well, getting ready to come back to the Giants. Yeah, I know. And uh, so Mazin Leslie was returned from Toronto Maple Leafs camp uh, on uh, on Monday. Uh, and then the next day, uh, Jaden Lipinski also returned from uh, Calgary Flames camp. And Lipinski, of course, was drafted by Calgary in the fourth round in the summer. Leslie went undrafted, and not only did he get invited to Traverse City to the Prospects Tournament with the Maple Leafs, but he did get invited after that. He impressed enough to get an invite to main camp. So he didn't get in a preseason game, but he did uh, stick around a little bit, just chatted with actually both of those uh, players uh, this morning before they uh, went on the ice for practice, and obviously both of them hoping to take what they learned playing with you know bigger, faster, stronger guys. Uh, and bring that back here to the Giants. And, you know, there are obviously a couple of older guys, especially Lipinski, who is, uh, even though he was just drafted, he's a, a late 2004-born uh, player. And he's, of course, one of the biggest leaders. Both of them are leaders on this team. Uh, so it's obviously going to be a big boost, especially, I think, Leslie, because uh, of uh, the lineup and the way that the defense uh, was kind of re- it was. Uh, changed a little bit this mm-hmm. this past summer. So having Leslie back in the lineup is massive just lineup-wise. He's a big puck mover, put up a lot of points last season, changes the power play completely. And the power play in game one, right, didn't kind, it didn't look that great. It was, of course, the first game that a five-minute major that could not score 
on that power play. So I think both Leslie and Lipinski uh, will be uh, both huge and obviously expected to play this weekend. You mentioned uh, the, the, the puck possession style. I imagine like a Madsen Leslie is just going to thrive in this. He, he put up 50 points last year. And we remember when he, when he came onto the scene, it was like goal after goal after goal when he first arrived. And I just imagine, hey, 50 points might just be the baseline what we see this year. Yeah, no, it's 50 points as a defenseman is not easy to put up those numbers. But I, I agree with you in that I, I think uh, playing under Manny Viveros, you have to think uh, that those numbers are can only be better this season. Uh, and he's missed, he only missed one game, of course, to start the season. So, of course, provided he can stay healthy, you, you like to think that uh, Leslie can put up some serious, serious numbers. And the other thing is, he put up 50 points last season, and the power play really was not that great last season. I believe it was 16.7%. It was one of the worst in the Western Conference in the, in the WHA, in sorry in the Western Conference last season. So if they can get their power play, you know, back to respectable about 20%, uh, I, there's no reason to believe that Leslie can't top 50 points and and be looking closer at a point per game as a defenseman. And of course, he also wants to prove the naysayers wrong and uh, potentially hear his name called at the 2024 NHL draft. Talking to Nathan Cantor here from the Vancouver Giants. As the Giants get ready for a couple of games this weekend, uh, you'll hear them both on our airwaves tomorrow night. Uh, 6 o'clock pregame show underway uh, gets underway. Uh, so let's go through these two games. How do they match up against Kamloops? Yeah, Kamloops is it's funny. I, I put my my media notes, my game notes together, and it's two teams really in opposite directions is what it is. Kamloops, of course, last year's Memorial Cup host, so they lost a lot of bodies, mm-hmm. and they're kind of going through the – it's tough to say where they're going to be, how many guys they're going to get back. They're, they're not, I don't think, quite in just rebuild all of a sudden. They still have a very good goaltender in Dylan Ernst. Uh, they still have, you know, some some good players in Connor Levis, who was drafted, Fraser Minton, who was drafted. So they do have a few draft picks uh, on the Kamloops Blazers, and they're not to be taken lightly at all. But when you lose Zellweger and you lose Stan Coben and you you lose Ryan uh, Hofer and you, you lose the, you know, there's a lot of other guys, Matthew Seminoff, there's a lot of players that I'm missing that are were, were older players, that were drafted players, and they are all, a lot of them are not back. Uh, it's it's going to be two very different teams because the Giants also are, they have a lot of players that are new this year that were not there for, of course, the last two playoff series uh, for the Giants were against Kamloops and those did not end well. So it's uh, it's going to be two kind of teams headed in different directions where you got the up-and-coming Giants against the Blazers that uh, went all in last year and there's still some pieces remaining. And again, I, I think the key is, Dylan Ernst is still with Kamloops, and and when you got a starter who who has the pedigree that he has, it's not going to be an easy out. But it'll be very interesting to see these two teams who know each other so so well. And the Giants, if you include the playoff sweep at the hands of the Blazers, they are zero and eight in their last head to head to head matches. So they really really uh, want to, of course, uh, get the two points going up against a, a Blazers team that they don't like very much. Uh, that really much looking forward to that tomorrow. That one's on the road tomorrow in Kamloops again. Six o'clock, you'll hear it on our airwaves. Uh, then on Sunday, uh, you can get your tickets as well, VancouverGiants.com slash tickets, but four o'clock as well on our airwaves uh, versus Wenatchee. Uh, what are people prepared for uh, when they come to the LEC this weekend? Yeah, no, it's, it's going to be fun. Of course, uh, Sunday games, uh, Save on Foods post-game skates uh, will happen at every Sunday home game with the earlier start, four o'clock puck drop. So that's always a ton of fun where the players can get onto the ice a post-game and skate with some of the fans, which is awesome. And if you don't have skates, 
uh, you can also uh, rent those. You can rent a helmet and skates as well. Uh, but on the ice, in terms of the matchup, it's interesting because it's, uh, it's a new franchise. It's, I know the Winnipeg ice, the roster, is uh, they come over to Wenatchee, so it's, it's not like the players are completely new to the league, but it is a new franchise in the Wenatchee Wild. And uh, unfortunately, it doesn't look like Zach Benson, the Chilliwack native, will be in the lineup. He's still with the Buffalo mm-hmm. Sabres. Of course, maybe if I say that, maybe something will change before <laughs> Sunday, which would be very cool. I mean, he's a fabulous, fabulous player. So fun to watch. Uh, but they also, they did get some reinforcement. So this is a Wenatchee team that the Winnipeg Ice last year, they went all in. So it's actually interesting that the Giants get the Kamloops Blazers who went all in. And then uh, another team that went all in and is kind of retooling in the Wenatchee Wild. But they did get Graham Sward back from Predators Camp and Eastern Armstrong back from the Los Angeles Kings from their camp. Uh, so they they do still have, again, it's kind of like Kamloops. They lost a lot, and they don't have Benson, and they don't have Savoy, and they don't have Connor Geeky. But, again, not to be taken lightly, they have a very good starting goaltender in uh, Michael Hauser, who's a little small in stature, but he's a very, very good goaltender. Uh, so I think, again, it's an interesting matchup where you got the young and up-and-coming Giants against the team that has been there. They've done that. Uh, they have a lot of veterans. Uh, but they're also retooling. So these matchups will be very interesting, I think, uh, both this weekend and Sunday, of course, at home. Uh, the added factor uh, of some fun with the post-game skate uh, presented by Save on Food. So really looking forward to these uh, two games early in the season. Again, the Giants will only play, I think it's five, yeah, it's five games total in the first four weekends of the season. Most it's teams light. play yeah. seven or eight games. Yeah, the Giants just five. I think it bodes well. I think it really does bode well. And uh, as they can kind of ease in here and uh, get settled again, a young team. uh, So a lot of time for the coaches to go over uh, some stuff in practice. Nathan, we really appreciate it. Uh, VancouverGiants.com slash tickets for uh, tickets this Sunday. uh, And we'll uh, hear your call on these airwaves. Thanks so much, Bick, for having me on. Appreciate it. It's Nathan Cantor joining us here from the Vancouver Giants. A lot more on the way here on the People Show. Andy McNeil going to join us next, uh, previewing the NHL season from a betting perspective. And we'll... Check in on Big Six as well for a pick for tonight's game. On the way here on The People Show. Second, second half of the show coming to you live from the Kintech studio. Pick six on the way as well to wrap up the show. Uh, also, before then, and we'll get to Andy McNeil in just a second, but uh, some news coming in from the CFL. Uh, the BC Lions have added Colin Kaepernick to their neg list. Don't know if that means uh, impending signing or anything, but he's been on the Hamilton Tiger Cats uh, neg list in the past. But uh, some some news, uh, an opportunity. It's, it's increased by 0.1%. Uh, to him to play in the CFL, but uh, Colin Kaepernick, now age 35, uh, trying to get a spot with the New York Jets, even their practice squad, uh, not coming to fruition. Uh, but the Lions have added Kaepernick to their neg list. All right, you're now caught up to that. Uh, there's a couple of people texting in about that. All right, let's get to our good friend Annie McNeil from Canada Sports Betting, uh, looking ahead to the 2023-24 NHL season and uh, some opportunities you might have in the betting market. Andy, what's going on? Oh, thanks for having me, Bic. I'm uh, happy to be back on the air with you guys. Just uh, started a new role with CanadaSportsBetting.ca, and I'm excited about that. So 
Uh, really excited to talk about uh, NHL projections with you. Absolutely. Uh, this is a fun time of year because uh, not only do fans always have hope, but you know, opportunities are plenty for people that are looking at uh, long shots and value picks. Uh, and and we, we will go through a bunch of stuff here. But because you're talking in the Vancouver Airwaves, Andy, uh, people want to know, how does Andy McNeil view the Vancouver Canucks coming into this season? What are their opportunities? Well, I think my saving grace here, I've been a bit nervous about this because, you know, I don't want to fire all of Vancouver up here. But When um, you start I a sentence with, well... <laughs> <laughs> I think my saving grace here is that my prediction is, is right in line with what we're seeing out there at the sportsbooks now at about 88.5 points. Uh, I've got the Canucks right there. I've given them a, a 30% chance at making the playoffs. So I'm not betting against them. I'm just I'm just not betting on them either. And uh, and I think that's going to be my saving grace here. I know some people are higher on the Canucks uh, than I am. I've seen some uh, some pundits out there suggest that they're a 50-50 shot to make the playoffs. Uh, and and I don't think that's like totally unreasonable or anything, boss. Um, I just think there are, are too many teams in front of them right now, uh, where we are right now. Uh, to label them, uh, you know, a, a fringe playoff team. Even I think they're they're a little bit out there further than that. I've got them closer to a team like Nashville, who uh, who I think is uh, uh, was a great value pick for opening night, but since the Andre Vasilevsky news uh, has come down, that has uh, changed a little bit. But um, yeah, I, I think that the Canucks still have a ways to go before they can, um, you know, justifiably be ranked uh, in and among the playoffs. I will say before every goes to uh, tweet you at Digital Gambler. I, I will say you showed me your projections. Now, yeah, twenty nine percent, thirty percent chance to make the playoffs. They are one of the teams though that has a chance to win the Stanley Cup. I will say that uh, you gave them a one percent chance, but there's eleven teams that have zero percent chance according to you. So you you are leaving a glimmer of hope for people. A glimmer of hope, yeah, and, and hopefully I won't get too many hate follows <laughs> uh, for that one. Uh, talking to Andy McNeil again, looking ahead to the uh, upcoming season. Um, you know, I, I'm interested too because when, when we're at this time of the year, people are looking at futures and saying, "Hey, can I pick the Stanley Cup winner?" And what was interesting last year is the East was so difficult, and you you look at it like I, I think I can make reasonable claims for about 12 teams to make the playoffs, and then you get to the playoffs, and it is just like Florida's putting people through the boards and injuries start to mount and here comes Vegas and Edmonton on the other side and even in round two it felt like okay one of these two teams is going to the cup final when you're starting to look at futures uh do you kind of play the pathways to get to the final rather than the quality of the team um yeah that comes into it for sure I know we were, were talking off air a little bit before um and and I mentioned that uh the average projected points for teams in the Western Conference uh, according to my model, is uh, a little bit around 91 points, uh, a little bit higher than 93 points for the teams in in the East. So there's, uh, you know, the the average is higher uh, in the East in in terms of the the overall team strength, uh, and that's going to play into things. And I found that has resulted in some value in in some markets like to win the President's Trophy, where you don't even have to worry about the playoffs, right? Uh, the Edmonton Oilers, they're a nine to one shot now uh, to win the President's Trophy at a lot of shops. They're ten to one to win the Stanley Cup. I mean, I think the Oilers have about uh, an eighteen percent chance to finish with the most points uh, in the NHL this season. And if that's the case, then their odds are about uh, twice as short as they they should be. They're cut in half, right? And and I think that's a great bet uh, at nine to one, especially compared to the Stanley Cup and what you think 
uh, a team has to go through to get all the way there. And, uh, uh, you know, conversely, I think that you can look uh, on the other side of the standings in the regular season uh, and look at a team to finish in last place. And I've got the Flyers, who are about a plus 850 shot, who I think uh, finished last, in last place close to 20% of the time in that tough Eastern Conference. Uh, but I also have another team that's a, a longer shot, uh, in the Western Conference that I think will make some people happy to hear this. Look, it's not going to happen all the time, but I think they're being a little bit undervalued here in, in the sense that they are a team that could be in the mix if everything goes wrong uh, to finish in the bottom of the league, and that's the St. Louis Blues, who you can guess at 66-1 to 1 to finish in last place. And, you know, tell me that's not maybe worth uh, considering, right? <laughs> It's so funny you say that too about the Oilers that they're ten to one to win the cup, but nine to one to win the President's Trophy. And just for people that you know are, are stepping into to you know futures yeah. picks, it's it's funny they say. It. So is is it just an ego thing that we love to bet on the Stanley Cup rather than nine to one versus ten to one? Yeah, I can't speak for the sports books, <laughs> but there's 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 some of that for sure, like the the popularity of the market and whatnot. And I think for novice sports betters, one of the 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 quickest ways that you can maybe find value. Uh, especially at this time of the year in the futures market is just kind of comparatively looking at things like, um, you know, why are the Maple Leafs odds to win the president's trophy? For, first of all, I know, you know, Vasilevsky, uh, this news changes things a bit, but let's take that out of the equation for a second. Why are their odds so, you know, so high to win the president's trophy when they're in that tough, tough Eastern Conference? Everybody agrees on that. Uh, but meanwhile, the, the Edmonton Oilers uh, have longer odds when it comes to winning the president's trophy, it just doesn't make sense. So you can find some, some little nuggets like that, even just, you know, comparatively looking around from market to market, comparing the team's projected points based on their regular season points totals at the sports books to things like their division odds and the president's trophies odds and, and so on and so forth. Like you can, you can find some good bets just simply by doing that. While we're talking about those Maple Leafs, because they're kind of an interesting spot here, if you're looking at division futures as well, because the Bruins yeah. go through a host of changes, Bergeron's out, Krejci's out, what are they going to look like here? You you mentioned the Vasilevsky injury, Tampa Bay, are they starting to, you know, because it, it was a 13-point gap between the 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 Lightning and the, the Leafs last year, now it might be even bigger hurdle, the Panthers are... Eastern Conference champions, the Sabres are, are an upstart team, the Sens. If you look at division futures, obviously just in the Atlantic as well, but shopping around, are, is there some potential upsets coming in, in division futures? Um, you know, this year, by the numbers, I, I don't necessarily think so, at least right not, not right now. But um, as far as an upset right off the bat, I look at the Dallas Stars as a team that they're kind of in the second spot right now. Everybody still views Colorado as the best team in the Central Division. I don't know that's the case. I think they're pretty close here, and, and I think that the Dallas Stars are a good bet to kind of upset Colorado and take that uh, Central Division crown. But I like the Edmonton Oilers uh, to win the division. I didn't I didn't bet that because I actually like I really like them to win the President's Trophy, and I'm just kind of going going for it all there. Um, but uh, on the on the other side of things, I do think that you got to maybe consider uh, the New York Rangers, depending on what their price is. Same goes for the New Jersey Devils. Um, compared to the Carolina Hurricanes. I think those teams are all uh, pretty close, um, you know, give or take three or four points. So, um, you know, things can change really quick, but I do think the Maple Leafs are a good bet to win the Atlantic Division, especially today after this news. If if, uh, if we were talking this morning, I would have told you that I make them about, you know, plus 120 uh, on, on the division line. Next up would have been the Boston Bruins at, at around plus 410. So cause that's kind of the gap between the teams. I think the Maple Leafs had about a 
percent chance of winning that division before um, the lightning news this morning. Uh, but um, that's obviously increased a little bit at least. So uh, so we'll see. But I, I can still I can still see the the Maple Leafs are kind of kind of running away with this one, just given uh, the gap between them and and everybody else. But of course, we'll we'll see what happens when we get to the playoffs. It's uh, music to my ears uh, to to hear about the Dallas Stars being trumpeted by uh, someone else other than me because I've been sitting here on these airwaves, Sandy, for uh, three four <laughs> years, just saying, hey, Jason Robertson, Miro Heiskin, and Rupe Hints. And these are real <laughs> players. People got to pay attention to the Dallas Stars. Yeah, well, we both, you know, I'm in Alberta, so we have the, 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 the luxury of being able to stay up and, and watch those guys. And we don't have to stay up too late. Um, you know, when I did work in, in Ontario for, uh, for that little bit when I, when I worked for Sportsnet, um, it was brutal staying up uh, on those Eastern hours trying to watch hockey, man. So I, I would never go back. Uh, I love it. So uh, we, we get to watch a lot of great hockey, and, and one, of the, one of the big reasons is that we're on the West Coast. Uh, while we're talking about the West uh, Conference, uh... It feels like there's some teams that are just in the middle, and and it, it's kind of hellscape to be in when you're team building in the NHL. But as far as picking for futures and, and just trying to project what the NHL season looks like, uh, a, a couple of teams kind of in that wild card mix or their division seeds, and and you've got them sitting around uh, sixty to seventy percent uh, respectively for the Flames, Wild, and Kraken. Just those three teams. Because I think a lot of Canucks fans are looking and saying, "Hey, these are three teams that maybe we can jump." But but what do you feel about these three teams? Yeah, it's. I mean, Calgary is kind of in a weird spot. Uh, a couple of years ago, they were flying under the radar. They were fourteen to one heading into the the twenty twenty one twenty two season to win the Pacific Division, and of course they they did. Uh, but then there's the favorite to win it last year, and everything just just goes absolutely wrong, right? So uh, they're seven to one here heading into uh, to this season to win the Pacific Division. I think they only win it about three percent of the time, so I think their odds should be. 30 to one. Um, I, I think the Kraken uh, also is a, you know, they're, they're definitely a fringe playoff team. There's, there's a lot of things to like here, um, but them and obviously to a lesser extent, the Canucks, I think are all kind of bunched together. And uh, you, you asked about, you know, volatile teams. These are the volatile teams. They're, yeah. they're, they're kind of lumped in the mushy middle uh, and anything can, you know, uh, one little thing can kind of send things off course and, and really change uh, the, the the whole landscape of of their season, so uh, it's going to be interesting. It's it's really, I mean, they're so closely together that you almost just throw stuff at the wall and, and hope it sticks, right? At this point, and we're going to learn a little bit more in the coming weeks as the season gets going. But um, right now, the Flames kind of have upper hand uh, in that grouping because of you know their their strong underlying metrics, and they did suffer from some. And on the shooting and saving side of things last season, and, and maybe some of that will turn around. What are the primary factors you're looking at when, you, when you're trying to like uh, power rate these teams or whatever it is? Um, what are the primary factors of, of, of how you build out uh, a, a model to say, hey, this team's 96, the team's 105, wh- whatever it is, how do you rate these teams? Like, What's important to you? Oh, well, of course, I mean, I'm, I'm using all the, the advanced metrics that we have out there available to us. You'd be foolish not to. Mm-hmm. But I'm using empirical data, too. I mean, I watch a lot of hockey. Sometimes things that we see uh, on the, the Hockey Stats website don't necessarily drive with what happens in reality. And, and you really start to see that a little bit when you, when you kind of start making predictions the way I do. Like, um, so there, there's definitely some, some um, empirical uh, aspect to it. But I think, you know, for the most part, it's just uh, the team strengths are kind of kind – of, basically built on the statistics that we all talk about all the time, expected goals, Corsi, and 
obviously the traditional ones too, like, you know, goals and, yeah. and shots, but not, but um, scheduling comes into it. That's another thing that, that is factored in uh, a lot. And, uh, and it all gets, uh, I run a simulation every day, tens of thousands of times. And, um, you know, I try to, I try to make sense of it all, but there's certainly, it, it's tough. I mean, it's, it's a big league. And um, even with this gas list, I, I'm, I'm still kind of perplexed. Like, how am I going to propose, uh, approach kind of uh, adjust? Um, I can, I can go in and I can adjust a, a certain amount of games and, and, and whatnot. But, you know, what are the, the lightning going to do here? It's a, it's a, there's a lot of questions asked and there's a lot of uncertainty. So, I mean, I kind of, tread lightly when I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to approach this stuff for the, sure the, the reason i ask is because uh a team that really interested me when i was looking at your projections here talking to annie mcneil uh from digital gambler uh at digital gambler uh at, for for canada sports betting is the pittsburgh penguins were very very interesting to <laughs> me because they go make the marquee move of the summer they go get eric carlson and they're a team that finished with 91 points last year just missed the playoffs and you've got them at 94 uh 95 points and i think well interesting like here comes this great player in eric carlson but it's a four point jump which is still a, a nice jump in a 95 point season very good but it, it for, for me i think the sticker shock from a lot of people would say well they get carlson they're bona fide to be a hundred and hundred and three point team and it's a bit of a reclaim of glory for the penguins yeah, maybe they are. I mean, that's in their range of possibilities. I guess one way to look at it when I'm, you know, if I say him is, is, is going to get 95 points on yeah. average, then it's kind of like a, a margin of about eight points, give or take, right? Sure. So on, on either side, and uh, there's a, a big range of where it can fall. So um, the Penguins are one of those teams. They're right on the cusp of the playoffs. I don't think they were very good last year, to be honest. And, and then you look at a team like the Islanders, who's right behind them, um, and, and I don't think a lot of people at first blush would say, oh, the Islanders are as, as good as the, the Penguins are better. But, I mean, you look at how the Islanders played down the stretch season and, and they were playing like a 100-point team, and that was without Matt Barzell, right? So, I mean, there could be some pressure on the Penguins uh, that wasn't there last year for, for large parts of the season. What are the Washington Capitals, uh, you know, going to do? I know people are kind of sleeping on them, and rightfully so. They didn't have a good season last year. I got it really wrong. I was actually relatively high on the Capitals. I thought, you know, this team is, is kind of being uh, slept on a bit, but they were really bad. Um, Darcy Kemper was really good for them, though. So, I, like, I mean, there's still some potential here. And the Blue Jackets, like, uh, um, I think we've all kind of, like, they're, they're, they're getting close. They're, they're heading in the right direction, I guess. Um, but, you know, we don't know how big of a team like that will take. So there's a lot of competition there, and I think the Penguins are kind of just stuck right in the middle right now. And Carlson will help, but um, – They've got some issues in, in goal for sure. Not a lot of confidence in, in what they've had going on there. Uh, I like the DeSmith ad for Vancouver. Uh, I don't like where it leaves the Penguins, though. So right. uh, I, I, I think that uh, there, there's definitely some, some questions to be asked about Pittsburgh that uh, haven't really been answered yet. Well, Andy, this is the fun bit. Uh, not necessarily who's your, who you think is the best team, but uh, you know, because who's the best bet for you? Like, What are you interested in as far as making a Stanley Cup future? A Stanley Cup future, um, yeah. Like we'll go back to the Dallas Stars, and I'll make you happy. You know, <laughs> Let's play, go. Uh, at sixteen to at sixteen to one. I mean, you're looking a little bit sort of the bottom of the board. I'm not saying that you should totally discount the teams that are longer shots, but at yep. sixteen to one, I mean, you got to feel like you've got a bit of a realistic chance. And I think um, if, if things go well for the Stars, getting out of the gate, that number won't stick around long, and, and they'll be one of the the, the favorites, if not a co-favorite, right? So. Um, yeah, I think uh, 
I think the Dallas Stars are, are the best bet for the, the Stanley Cup futures market on the board right now at 16-1. to 1. Well, Andy, uh, we really appreciate it, uh, and we'll connect soon. I use Andy McNeil from Canada Sports Betting. Uh, we'll talk soon. Awesome. Thanks, Vic. It's Andy McNeil at Digital Gambler. You can follow him uh, on Twitter. does great work uh, if you're looking for uh, NHL advice. Uh, you can find him at uh, canadasportsbetting.ca. All right. Uh, before we're out, though, uh, again, we rarely do this on a Thursday, but let's uh, drop a pick for Big Six. Good teams win. Great teams cover. Take it to the house. It's Big Six. Uh, three, two, and one last week. Nine, eight, and one. Uh, on the season gotta keep stacking up good weeks uh so one pick just for tonight we'll we'll see how it comes off and we'll do five more tomorrow but i'm going packers plus two versus the lions tonight again i don't usually like thursday night games uh, but if a situation presents itself i will take it and as you know i do like this packers team this year thursday night games always squirrely there's a host of injuries for the packers some as well for the Lions. It's going to be a mash unit of a game. But I'm going to just take a divisional home dog in this spot for a team I really like. This is also a revenge spot for the Packers. Going back to last season, how did the regular season end? Lions beating the Packers, ending their season. They don't go to the playoffs. This is a chance for the Packers to exact some revenge. How that happened and also rally behind Jordan Love. Continue that uh, as well. And I, I do think I get a coaching mismatch here. Uh, I really like what Matt LaFleur is doing. I will say, though, the, the Lions defense uh, slowly impressing me. But in this spot right here, divisional game, I'm going to take the points. Packers win 20-17 to in their spot to uh, kick off Big Six. We'll do the rest tomorrow as well. But it is an interesting, interesting game uh, tonight. Lions and Packers. Is Jordan Love the truth? Is his first couple of games... Kind of reminding me, I'll pose this to you guys. It's kind of reminding me of like Russell Wilson's first four games in Seattle where they got some wins, but it was it was kind of clunky. And everyone's like, oh, this third-round pick, I don't know, is he the guy? And there was a late-game loss there to Arizona, and the stats weren't really there. But there was enough for me to look at and just say, okay, the, the, something is coming with Russell Wilson. It, it's just a matter of when. And then it clicked later on the season. There's the Bears win and Patriots win, and obviously we know what happened thereafter. Uh there's a little something, a little moxie to uh, Jordan Love's game. It's going to be a tough one, though, divisional game here tonight. Yeah, I think he's pretty special. I mean, a lot of people, like Josh Elliott Wolf, hate to throw him out there. Yeah, He's not a Jordan Love guy. You know, I said to him, you've never seen the guy play. And, uh, look, I, coming out of college, uh, Utah State, I think, like I wasn't a Jordan Love guy. Yeah, like, but he waits a couple years, learns yeah. the offense, comes in. He looks really polished. He's secure with the ball. And especially last week, that comeback win, I'm excited to watch him tonight. I'm uh, I think we have to subscribe, resubscribe to the theory of quarterbacks need a couple of years. Yeah, I love it, but a lot of teams just can't afford to wait, right? No, they if you get the right quarterback, who can't afford to wait? If if it says like if I'm telling you that the success rate of guys who wait a year, let's just say a, a bare minimum one season, and I've improved your your chances of success at this guy being the guy by twenty five percent. What owner is going to be like, okay. Well, it's great if you have a leader in front of him like Aaron Rodgers or like Alex Smith, but a lot of teams don't have that, so they're going to throw the guy out right away. Well, don't sacrifice him. Don't sacrifice the guy. If you believe in the coaching staff and, and you're going to build around a guy, then build around him. But, look, I understand why it happens, but uh, for, for me, it's just uh, throwing the guy out to fail sometimes. Packers did it this way. 
it looks like they're just going to go seamlessly from Favre to Rogers to Jordan Love. That's the Packer way. You know? it, it's like, crazy. Favre yeah. to Rogers. Rogers waited, and then you know Rogers left, and you know Jordan Love sat behind him and learned. So you know the Packer ways worked for as long as it has. Why not keep it going? So some teams just have this ability. There are special scenarios, of course, but uh, in general, uh, I think the right way to go about this is is let a guy sit, learn learn how to play the game at the NFL level, work on your mechanics and everything, and uh, come back prepared. Because Jordan Love looks like a different player than what he did uh, coming out. Uh, 650-650, Jeffro, you're funny, Bick. I was thinking the same thing after that Green Bay win last week. Hey, smart minds. Smart minds thinking here. Uh, Packers plus two going into the evening. All right, I'll be back later. Post-game shows, intermissions with Satyar Shaw. Another Canucks game day getting ready for the Kraken. Uh, Canucks getting ready to play the Kraken. And Canucks Central getting ready to come on your airwaves here on Sportsnet 650.